You're listening to the Loop Page Podcast, and uh, this week's episode is a, an extra special one. Extra. I know. I, I know. I kind of say this every week about the uh, the guests, but this one is an extra, extra special uh, guest um, because they've actually they were my coach for three years. Been a you know I've had my business for about four years at the time of recording this, so they've been a huge part of my journey. Um, and it's eight-figure business owner James Wedmore. And if you're in the coaching space, you definitely heard of him. Look, this um this chat we actually initially went to uh, speak about hypnotic writing um, in our episode, but it just um, it just went somewhere else, and I I let it go somewhere else. And all we did is we we really just had a, a conversation about you know how James has just built his business, how he runs it. Um, how he thinks, and I think it's such a, a, a really massively important episode for you to hear just because of where he started and where he's at right now, and it gives you a really um, unique opportunity to get inside the mind of an, a multi-eight-figure business owner in the coaching space. Um, so we're going to make this two parts because the second part, we, uh, we did speak about hypnotic writing, but this one's going to be part one. And we're going to do another episode next week, which will be part two. So let's get started. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. James, we're more, mate, but uh, welcome on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Luke. I appreciate it. Mate, I'm uh, super pumped to have you on. Like, you've been a, a huge mentor of mine, so I've got like a little bit of the, uh, what is it? The, you know, when you, what's the celebrity jitters? <laughs> the, the starstruck jitters. Yeah, mate. you're so, starstruck. Oh, well, don't be. I hope I, I, hope I don't disappoint you too much today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I've been... Um, I've probably been following you for like the last three years. I've, you know, I um, I think I listened to your podcast for about a solid year and then I joined BBD, then I did Next Level. So you've been a huge part because I've had my business, my coaching business for close to four years and you've just been such a huge chunk of that. Um, so to get you on, to, to, to speak to you, man, like it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's really exciting, man. Well, well, thank um, you. I think what I'm just trying to think back what got my attention with you back in the day. I think what it was was that generally we in in you say business coaches or people helping them grow their business. What I was finding was there's a lot of coaches where they shift to either one side. So it's either like hey, it's it's external strategy stuff. So we're talking about, yeah. you know, if you want to get leads, build some funnels, that type of thing. Or the other side where it's like, hey, you want to get clients, you've just got to sit there and manifest and have your energy right and then they will come knocking on your door. I found that you were a great balance of that mm-hmm. and that's what I feel that I was needing and that's what I feel is great about you. You're very strategical and how you describe it is building, building that well-oiled machine mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, spits out basically clients consistently in sales. Um, but then on the other side, you talk so much about the internal stuff. So um, I think this is going to be, a, you know, you're a really good role model to for my listeners to be talking to you today about, you know, a pretty important topic, which is 
hypnotic writing. Yeah. So um, before we get into that, uh, you've been in. How long have you been online for? Like thirteen years now. Well, it depends on how you measure it. I I sold my uh, my my first thing on the internet when I was fifteen, so that was the late nineties. So if we're going if we're going back that <laughs> far, it's twenty something years. Um, mm. I was back then. I was flipping. Um, old classic motorcycles on eBay when I was 15 years old. Um, little Honda mini trails and stuff from the 1960s and 70s. And, um, you know, got distracted with girls in college. But after that, uh, <laughs> my first online business was in, gosh, what was that? 2008. Uh, yeah, 2008, I, I started an online bartending uh, course. Basically, I went to bartending school and it was kind of like a joke. I spent like $1,200 and it basically they like give you a book and say like, here, memorize this. And then like glasses with food coloring. In. <laughs> and like, I'm like, I paid $1,200 for this. So I was like, I had this light bulb idea, which was like the internet was new, not like the internet was new, but like there was a lot of newness on the internet that it, ha- it was starting to have a lot more utility to it than just like, I don't know, chat rooms or something. <laughs> and, um, so people were starting to sell stuff and I was like, I, I could do an at home version of this. Someone could learn this digitally, uh, for a fraction of the cost and they wouldn't have to get like scammed at a bartending school. So in 2008, I, uh, I launched my, my first like official online business, which was called bartend for profit. Um, and it was $200 at home, learn how to b- become a bartender. That's, that's where it started. Mm. So that was a long <laughs> time ago. Hey, before we continue, yeah, yeah, how's, yeah. how's my internet? Is I realized I'm on the like normal one, not the 5g. Do you want me to switch? Yeah. Oh, look, it's look, your, um, your sounds okay. Yeah. But the, mm-hmm. it, it, even the, though you're, yeah. Yeah. You sound and video, your video's kind of a little bit crackly, but it still takes good quality. Even you know what? Live. I can, I can. Yeah. If you just give me a second, I can. Is that okay? Will we ru- be ruining the yeah, recording yeah. if I no, switch? No, not at all. Okay, Sw- switch. But it might freeze me for a second. I I realize like I'm yeah, such an right. idiot. I can hardwire in, so it might yeah. freeze for a second. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm just turning off the yep. Wi-Fi, and I don't yep. know. It should come back like any second. Yep. Okay, that's me hardwired on. in. That's the best I can do. Is that is that better? Yeah. Wow. Mate, how's your how's the five G in Sedona? You out in Sedona today? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out in the the desert. It's a little. Um, it's always a little laggy out here. We're a few years behind. Mate, <laughs> I don't know. Like the five G, it hasn't. Um, I've just got it in the last month or so, and it, it, I haven't noticed any difference. Mm-mm. Same. So I don't know yeah. what's going on with it. I know. I know. It's mm. a marketing scheme. <laughs> Mate, I was expected that I'm going to be transported in person to the next right? because the Holograms. speeds are going to be that. And I'm like, what's going on with this thing? I'm like, come on. I can't even upload an Insta story with this thing. Seriously. Um, so we're talking about the bartending. You're selling it for, was it 300 bucks? Or 200 bucks. bucks. $200, yeah. And $200. I mean, $200. And then I had a physical like at-home study kit. I would ship them you know, to the door. And did it make a lot of money? No, but I made my first sale on April 18th, 2008, while I was still a bartender. And that still Mm. goes down as one of the most, like, unbelievable experiences in my life. It was was truly a turning point. We have these moments in our life, you know, because that was the moment 
like we have to cherish these these things too because that was the moment it told me there's something here this this keep going like mm. it had been eight months of an idea of of rolling a boulder up a hill and everyone you know laughing at you and like dude what are you doing man and then you get it to the top and even just one sale and it was someone from san antonio texas and I mean, the amount of people I called to just kind of say, I freaking told you so, <laughs> that felt really good. But in your face. Yeah, in That's your face. Something. And of course. I saw 200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you got to show for? But like, obviously, like 10 years later, a lot of those people have come back and like, hey, James, like, can I pick your brain? You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I think I was just ahead of a lot of things that are now very common today. And I'm very grateful for that, you know, being in the right places at the right times. Um, but here's the funny thing. There's something I, I developed, you know, a, a, a term that worked in my life that, that still works to this day, which I call the leapfrog effect, which is this whole notion that if you really took a different view of your life, you may begin to notice that everything that you've gone through in the past um, I can only speak for myself, but a lot, when I share this, a lot of people agree, uh, was all leading towards something, stepping stones. Mm -hmm. And you're parlaying this into that, into this, into that. And I knew even then I'm not like, I wasn't trying to be the bartender guy. I was just trying to get something out there. It was just like, let me, let me start with what I know, put it out. All I knew at the time was like how to bartend. I was like, maybe people won't pay me to learn how to do it. And mm. when that first customer came in, I had a little blurb on the checkout page where it says, how'd you hear about us? And they wrote a YouTube video. That was the answer. I saw a YouTube video. And I think being an entrepreneur, part of it is being able to see ideas and opportunities when others can't. And I'm very grateful because this was just a series of one little idea in front of another idea in front of another idea. And I was like, wow, YouTube, really? And so I just leaned really heavy into that. And I, uh, I started learning every, this is 2008, 2009. I started learning and that's YouTube back. YouTube came out in like 2006. So we're talking first yeah, three so years early. of YouTube. And I yeah. learned everything I could about it. I, in fact, started so, meet. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so they, the lady left, a testimonial via a video on YouTube. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. When she bought the program, actually, I think it was a he. Um, yeah. The, when the first customer bought, there was a field in the checkout form that said, hey, how'd you hear about me? How'd you hear about Bartend for Profit? Ah, right. Okay. And they yeah. typed in, I saw a YouTube video. And yeah, they had, yeah. I had put a couple of videos up back in 2000. Those the videos are still up there. I leave them all up there. They're awful. And uh, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, ding, 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 ding. There's something here. And I mm -hmm. just started obsessing over YouTube. And I spent 2008, 2009, 2010, and 2011 just going all in on YouTube. Uh, I was partnering with other businesses and building their YouTube channels. We took a guy who was doing dating and relationship advice, multi-million views with that. Um, I got to know one of these like what we call like the Gen 1 YouTube celebrities, like these guys have already retired from YouTube, like they don't yeah. do it anymore. But these were like yeah. the first people with like big channels. And I got to become like really good friends. He's sharing all this data and information with me. I'm like coming to his office and seeing like how he's built this whole business around YouTube. And he was in the remote control airplane niche. And he was the biggest 
RC airplane dude on YouTube and he's teaching me everything. I'm just absorbing all of it and then applying it to business. And then mm -hmm. 2011, uh, I released, uh, my first training program on, on how to use YouTube in your business. And it blew up and we did $400,000 in sales in the first 30 days with a $97 product. And, um, that changed my life. Well, it was just another mm. boom, you know, it was 30 days. Your life has changed. I mean, I had yes, two or $3,000 in my bank account and then boom. And it was, and then that product has gone on to do millions in sales and, uh, launched a career as the YouTube guy. I was the, I was the YouTube guy over, overnight. Very awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. And, you know, I didn't want to be the bartender guy. And then, boom, now I'm the YouTube guy. And I was still like, I don't know if I want to be the YouTube guy, but uh, let's go with this. And here, here's what happened, Luke. Like, because, you know, you, you do this for so long, you're, you either got to keep reinventing yourself or you're going to even get bored with yourself. And yeah. uh, I just, I'm not the type of person, and most entrepreneurs aren't. There's a difference. I've, I read this in a book, Dan Kennedy's uh, No BS Business Success. I read that book also in 2008. That book changed my life because it was the first book where I self-identified as a true entrepreneur. And he said, there's a difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner. The business owner, if, if a business owner and entrepreneur both start like a, a shoe shop, 25 years later, the, the business owner is still running the shoe shop. You know, he's still repairing mm. the shoes. He's gotten, he's the best at it in the world. He's the best leather shoes, craftsman, repairman, whatever. The entrepreneur that started the, the shoe shop 25 years ago has branched out. Now they're offering tours to their shoe factory. They've, 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 now they're doing belts and, and purses and, you know, they, they, they have like how to make your own shoes, you know, and, and it's a whole different <laughs> thing. Right. And that's the difference mm. between the business owner. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm the entrepreneur. So I've noticed that on, on, on my journey and here's what happened. I'm going out there, I'm standing on my soapbox and I'm saying YouTube is the bee's knees. YouTube is it. YouTube is going to, and I, and I still believe even today, YouTube and like we can get into stuff with like short form video because we're really excited about all the cool things we're seeing with video. But I was saying these things in 2011. I'm saying, look, in the next five years, it's going to be 90% video everywhere on your phone all over the computer. And it's like, now we're mm. in it. It was really cool to be like ahead of that and yeah. like tell business owners, like get your butt on video. But then something started happening. The business was growing. It was doing uh, 1 million then 2 million. Um, I mean, I was like living the dream. Um, I'd wake up, go surfing, come back, make a video, go surfing, watch the sunset, check some email and rinse and repeat. That was my life. Laguna beach, California. Amazing. And this kind of like nagging feeling got uh, bigger and bigger and bigger, which was you keep telling people like YouTube is, you know, going to solve all their problems, but that's not really what solved all of yours. And yeah, I looked of. at the four or five years that I had struggled before I made it and built this seven figure business. And I realized that, <laughs> there had been a lot of work I had done on myself. And, um, that, that is where I'm like, I can't not talk about those things. Mm. So when you say like, I appreciate that I see a balance of both. That's because I want to share everything that I, I think I'm just really good and better at most at, um, identifying what, 
what really caused my success. I think, you know, success, they say success is a crappy teacher because I think when things come easy to somebody, they take it for granted and they're not able to say there, it was because of this. And a lot of this, yeah. a lot of this didn't come easy to me. So I had to learn a lot the hard way in the long, the long and slow arduous ways. And because of that journey, which I'm very grateful for, I got to really share a lot of that. So by 2016, I released a podcast that I still run today, which is I want to take someone to the extremes of the left side and the masculine, the tactical, the strategic, the here's the action, here's the principles, here's the machine, and then swing the pendulum so far to the other side that people think they're talking to a completely different person. And we're going to start talking about everything else, the, 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 the personal, the mental, the, the, the performance side of, of um, the, the psyche and the intuition and, and the feminine and, and the, the weird and the woo and the spiritual and all of that stuff. And I believe like my secret power today is, has simply been my openness and willingness to embrace two completely different worlds and mesh them together. And I will take something and be so logical and so strategic and so boom, boom, boom. But then on the other yeah. side, be like this airy fairy pie in the sky, Pollyanna with rose colored glasses. Um, and it works and it works for me. And that's really what I, I try to do is mesh those, those two worlds together. Hey, I just want to quickly jump in here to tell you about this awesome new training that I put together. It's called the three steps to get to 10K a month as a coach. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making under 10K each month and you want to know how you can get there for yourself, how you can be doing 10K months, month after month, then you probably want to check out this really awesome training. I've kept it short, only goes for 14 minutes. You don't even need to opt in, so save your email for another spammer. To watch it, head to lukepage.com.au forward slash 10k i'm gonna pop that link in the show notes but anyway let's get back to the episode yeah nice it was interesting how you're saying um before about youtube how youtube had come out and then maybe a year or two later you jumped in and it was mm -hmm. so early days of youtube but you went hard it seems to be that just repeats over and over like so for example with tiktok if you jumped on tiktok yeah. early and you went hard people are just absolute stars millions of followers and uh, someone today I just heard got a um, that's as easy um, a, as it is a, a, a publishing deal because yeah. they were writing a book. Bit, one of the mm. major six publishers just pu just got a publishing deal because they they went on TikTok and just read. They'd write a, a, a fictional book like a fantasy series, and they'd write and then read the passage on TikTok, and they blew up, and now they have a book deal. I mean, it's unbelievable the opportunities, and and uh, we can yeah. even talk about TikTok if you want to go down that at any point. I'm I'm an open book, buddy. So, because uh, one of my really good buddies is the guy behind a lot of these big names and accounts that are blowing up on TikTok, and what he's shared with me is just like it's just unbelievable. And I do see, you know, the 35 to 45 demographic is the fastest growing on TikTok. I I'm, I think we're gonna see a lot more of the older the older folks coming on there with the their rockers. Folks. Making their way to TikToks, you know, last but not least, here we are. And, um, and we've spent the last, we've spent all of 2022 on there. And, you know, I have some aspects of it I love and there's some aspects of it that I don't love. But all in all, my philosophy with marketing and social is um, I'm here for all of it. So I want to be on all of it, you know, and I'm not going to just sit there and because I have the team and the, the resources, I'm not just going to choose one. We're going to be everywhere. And, um, you know, mm. that's what happens when you build a team. So, 
you know. Yeah, you were bashing TikTok for a while because um, I know you got onto it like yeah. pretty uh, pretty late-ish. Um, yeah. I actually did a, a story today. I said that I don't know if TikTok's going to last. I reckon it's going to fizzle out in the next few years. What's your thoughts on it? Um, I have I am I have no idea. I when it comes to social media um, itself, you know, I don't I I wouldn't say I'm in it enough to be like really good at predicting it. I see the appeal to TikTok and I see the other platforms trying to be more like it. And so it kind of mm. leaves you with this like, man, they seem scared. Like Facebook and Instagram look nervous and scared and they're trying to be like TikTok. And so whenever I see something that's innovative and different and and when big brand, you know, like Meta is trying to be like them, that I just love that. I I love that because I don't love this like monopoly type, you know, like I saw like, because I got on Snapchat years ago, like probably like 2017. Mm-hmm. And I saw when when Instagram just came out and was like, bleh, stories. <laughs> and it was like, well, yeah. Snapchat's dead, <laughs> you know. And yeah. I've watched, yeah. you know, I watched when Periscope came out, whenever that was like 2015 or whatever, live video. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't Facebook, heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. Periscope was like this first, yeah. if I know, if I'm being accurate, I don't know. But like the first big uh, live video streaming app, right, from your phone. And they came out and everyone's jumping on Periscope. And I did a few on there. I was like, oh, this is cool. And then like six months later, Facebook's like, bah, Facebook Live and Instagram Live. And they're gone. Like they're just done. So for me to see another app that gives these brands a run for their money makes makes me happy. Um, I'm enjoying it right now. I don't I, – I, let, me, let me rephrase that. I don't really like being on the app. I, I don't know like what it's doing to our brains. Um, and we need more dancing from you, mate. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen either, buddy. Um, but, you know, I, I want to put my content on there and, and engage with people, and that's that's that. But I don't want to spend time consuming on that app because it's just – I'm not a big fan of social media in terms of being a consumer of it. Um, that's also why I love the podcast because, you know, the latest – one of the latest topics I just sh- shared is, you know, I'm a really big advocate for, like, true learning. And I have this this kind of negative Nancy stance that most people aren't actually learning. Um, and on social media today, when you share content, you know, and sadly, what what TikTok and and Reels have done is is, and, and, you know, people can disagree with this. That's fine. But a lot of content is like not learning based content. It's like let me just en- entertain you. It's like edutain, and now it's just entertain. And yeah, grab fine. their attention just for a second. Yeah, yeah just for a second. Do make a make a joke or be funny and silly, and and that's wonderful. That's great. Me, mm. I'm a teacher, you know. So when we come on here or we're hanging out, like I want to teach something to you, and I'm a teacher mm-hmm. because I'm a student, and that's something that's been high on my values as and my identity is like always be a student, always learning, always growing, and I believe and like at a, at a core level, it's what's allowed me to get to where I am. And I don't believe, I think people are lying to themselves about how much they're really learning. And that's why we need coaches because my definition of a coach is a coach is someone who has the ability to apply knowledge to another individual. It's the application of knowledge is coaching because we all know 
things that we should be doing or shouldn't be doing. Like, you know, if we want to lose weight and you grab a piece of cake, you're, what do you always say? I know I shouldn't be eating this. We know, but our <laughs> actions and our, what we know to be true don't always line up. And a great coach mm. can hold you accountable to that, can point out when you're not integrating or in integrity with what you know to be true. So on Instagram, when I share something, I see two, two comments, two types of comments always. It's thanks for the reminder, or here's why I disagree. <laughs> Both of which (laughs) are one, and this is totally fine. It's no judgment. Um, They're both wonderful examples of not learning. Mm. And um, this is what a concept I I call the the guardian of the mind, which is that there's this, in my mind, there's this little guardian that stands there at the entrance to our mind that is either determining what comes in or what doesn't. And if it threatens anything that we know, Anything that we already decided was true, we reject it. And we say, this is why it's not true. This is why I disagree. And I, I, it threatens even my entire model of the world. So I got to make mm. you wrong because I can't sit with two opposing thoughts. Um, or mm. we go which is around. A huge, oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Which is a huge thing that's going on in the world at the moment. Huge. So huge. Much. Yeah. Huge. And uh, we, we could talk about that and, 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 and my relationship with like unlearning and, and what we call the ego death or the shamanic death, which is like when parts of your reality or what you thought was true start to crumble away and how hard that is. Like the, the ego, it, it's like survival depends on this rock hard, solid foundation of reality. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like if you just found out yesterday, I hope there's no kids watching or listening uh, it's like if you just found out today that Santa isn't real and like how earth shattering that would be, you know, and mm-hmm. there's, there's, um, there's a lot in business and marketing and entrepreneurship that if you, if you looked inside the mind or the psyche of a successful entrepreneur and the mind of someone who is just not an entrepreneur, an employee, a consumer, it's fine. They are so different worlds. It's not even funny. And so I kind of come to be this person that uh, unfortunately is, is quite a contrarian to a lot of people because I'm shattering a lot of what they know to be true about or what they think to be true about business and marketing sales. And it's, I think the reason why so many people struggle with it is it's so, it, it's so counterintuitive to what we know, to what we've been taught, We've, most people have been raised with a consumer and an employee mindset. We're taught to be an employee and we're taught to consume. Nothing wrong with this. People also get triggered Mm -hmm. and upset when I say things like this. I'm not saying it's wrong or bad. What I'm saying is if you spent your whole life learning how to play baseball and then went out and, and decided to play football and you use the baseball rules to play football, you're probably not going to win. And so when you recognize that the rules to running a business are and, and, and selling and marketing are very different than the rules that we taught to be an employee. It's very confronting for people. It's very challenging for people. It's like trying to use the old programming in the new software upgrade, and it doesn't, it doesn't end well. So that last mm-hmm. thought there is like what, what I love about a podcast is people tend to be more open and receptive to a new message and actual learning on a podcast. And that makes me really happy. Whereas social media, it's kind of like, 
No, disagree, disagree. Oh, I agree. I already agreed with that. So I will say thank you for the reminder or disagree. And um, yeah. <laughs> and podcast is such a beautiful place for let's like let's have a conversation because anytime someone wants to listen, they're like, yeah, I'm in learning mode. Let's go listen to a podcast. They don't say that when they go on Instagram, you know. Anyways, yeah, so. it's true. I was just um, thinking about what you're saying there with the employee mindset. That's something I struggled with for years. Like I've been into my dad when I was. 15 or 16 years old, he, they've always had a business, my parents, so I've grown up mm. with the, okay, having a business isn't the norm. Um, they always worked in their business. My dad was, mum was the type that always worked. My dad ran the yeah. business and it's kind of like the dude that sat on the side and just really enjoyed life. And I think I've taken that same mentality. Um, so not what, so what, much what, like what was the business? Uh, a hair and beauty wholesaler, which they've still got to, to today. It's probably wow. about 35 years um, running. Um, But like with me, right, growing up, I would always have businesses. Since an early age, I I think I was 16, I had my own skateboard business, making skateboards, selling them, going into the shops. You were making and selling the skateboards? Making and selling skateboards, man, yeah. So when I was was 14, (laughs) I started a surf and skate clothing company and I started designing designing shirts and then going to Mm. a screen printer and trying to sell them. Yeah, all that stuff, yep, yep. I mean, hell yeah! Like it's it's so yeah, crazy. And I do, do you know how this is how we we made um, apart from walking around locally, which didn't I didn't have a car or anything, yeah. So I was just right. like going to the local skate shop, and uh, you know, say how hey, I got some skateboards and doing that thing. But then I was on some some chat website, and we I used to go out there with my mates, take little photos of us and crappy videos, yeah, <laughs> upload them on this chat site, and then yeah. I built like a little audience of these little fans, these little kid fans, just from this chat site. And then I remember we used to print T-shirts, and I'd get a train into the city, and my dad taught me how to wholesale them. So, you know, you sell them oh for gosh. 40 bucks. Dad said, sell five and sell them for $30. Yeah. So then I'd meet kids in there and like I was 15, 16 years old and I'd meet like little 12 year olds in the city and then I'd buy five t-shirts and then sell them to their friends. That was my introduction and like it was such a great thing. Now the downside is that I grew up getting things in my life very easily. So uh, what I found is that when I jumped from business to business, as soon as I got to a, a challenge point or a road, mm. a, a hurdle, I'd go, oh, this ain't right, next business idea. So wow. that was a oh, huge thing. Yeah. I had to learn was was patience um, and learning to be okay with failure. I saw failure as the worst thing in the world and it was a, ro- a sign for being wrong. We've just had a um, a kid, James, and his uh, name's Louis, he's seven months old. Oh, and uh, one thing I'm going to teach him is to love failure. I can't, I'm yeah. so pumped about it because I just know that... Uh, you know, we aren't taught that. We're taught the opposite. We're like, we get praise and love when we do something right and it gets taken away when we do something yeah. wrong. And it just teaches us that, you know, that what you said about that message where we're ingrained to, hey, we want to start a business, but we're not set up to run a business because no. it's completely different thinking. Completely different. It's taken and, me and such a long time. It's so cliche, but a lot of the things are cliche because they're true. So you hear everyone say them because they're true. But failure is the stepping stone to success. What that means is, is it's an inevitable um, milestone on the journey. It's you just you just can't avoid it. And um, mm. I really love the aspect too because you can start playing around with time. Failure is time bound. You know, if you're running a race and you trip in the race, 
and you fall, it's only a failure because you didn't get back up. But if you got back up and we've all seen those viral videos where the dude falls in the race and then still gets up and run and wins Mm -hmm. and then he wins the race. You win, you got up and then you ran faster and you win the race. You can't say you're a failure. You're only a failure because when you tripped, you fell and stayed down. That's, that's the only failures. And that can only happen because you've already made the thought loop. I failed. Therefore I will stop. And if you said, Oh, I stumbled, I better get back up. You know, then there's no failure in that. And, um, there's a, there's a really beautiful sentiment that I really, really, truly live my life this way today is, I mean, I know you've heard me say it is your success is inevitable. And that's where like I had, I'm very stubborn. So I used my, you can use stubbornness in a bad way um, (laughs) or you can use it in a good way. And it's like the, when it comes to what I, what I want are the outcomes. I'm very stubborn. Um, That also means I'm, I become very patient. I used to not be very patient, like, like you described, but whatever it takes, Hey, whatever it takes, obviously Mm. morally and ethically, but okay. If not this time, then next time I'll do better. I'll learn, I'll grow, I'll improve, I'll change you know, and, but it's like this stubborn persistence to do whatever it takes. That's commitment. And, um, Mm -hmm. and that's required. That's, that's so required. And it's such a beautiful thing because as a coach today, when I coach clients, I can coach from so much experience and the experience is all in the struggles that I had. So when, when a client comes to me with something they've dealt with and they're like, they're in a big problem or breakdown, I'm like, yeah, I remember when I was there too. So because I had those experiences, I can offer more value, expertise, wisdom, and experience to assist them. And, um, mm. you know, so it's just like, to me, it's like, if you look at your life the same way you look at a great movie, your favorite movies that you would say are great are great in their totality, not just in a piece. So you can't skip a piece of the movie and still call it great. Well, I loved Inception, but I didn't like when there was ever any conflict or when the main character was down on his luck. So let's just delete that part and the movie will be better. No, the movie's great because it has all of it. And we're, we're always going through different cycles um, and ebbs and flows of our life, you know, maybe in a different contexts at different times or maybe all at once. But in a cycle of business, there's going to be that startup. There's going to be that going up the hill. There's going to be that, I think we're making it. No, it's not. And, and then there's that like rock bottom moment, you know, and it's like, I, I love this whole sentiment of like, I'm here for all of it. And um, you just keep going. So there's not this mm-hmm. fatalistic thing. You know, there's this book I, I reread recently. It's a phenomenal book called The Time Paradox. The Time Paradox is this book where these like social psychologists or some, you know, um, you know, Harvard, Stanford dudes uh, did all these studies and took and created this test on how people map their relationship with time. And they, 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 when I say time, I don't mean like how much time do we have left? Oh, I'm out of time. Oh, I'm late for dinner. I don't mean that. I mean like, Time in general, like the past, the present, and the future. Right. And they say, they talk about people who are successful as business owners and entrepreneurs all have an obnoxiously high level. 
they score high, obnoxiously high on an outcome-oriented, positive-focused future. The, their relationship mm-hmm. with the future is always optimistic. But yeah. there are certain people that are very future fatalistic. Like, it's going to go bad. It's going to get worse. This is the end of the world. This is, this is it. <laughs> and, um, but they were able to connect a dot and create a correlation between people who are successful in careers and business with how they relate to the future. And I'm, I took the test and I score obnoxiously high on this mm. optimistic outlook of the future. And if like anyone just got that and got more excited for the future and not a fake excited, not a facade excited, but found that knowing that it's, it's going to get better. Like, even if it's as amazing, yeah. if today's the best day you've ever had in your life, like you should have something in your life to be more excited about. There should be like, <laughs> there's so much more to come. There's so much more to do. And I've gone through some challenging stuff in my life, but there's always this mm. m- visual um, mental image of if ever I go through a dark time, because we all do, it's life. Like we just, there's the good, but the bad and the ugly in life. And this is mm-hmm. unescapable. That's the thing. It's like you can't delete those parts from a movie and call it a great movie. You can't delete those parts from your life. But for me, I always noticed that whenever I went through a hard time, that mental image was like, yeah, I'm in a dark tunnel right now, but I can still see the, the light at the end. I'll get through this. Mm, and yep. and it, the light's getting closer. And okay, now I'm through it. It's great. Wow. You know, and I learned a lot. I grew a lot. We laughed. We cried. Whatever. And, um, and that's life. But there's always this this relationship that the fu- of the future of like, it's going to get better. And, and you know, anyone can call me Pollyanna, rose colored glasses, ostrich with my head in the sand. That's totally fine, but it's gotten me this far. And, you know, no one's gotten up there and done a Ted talk or a, an acceptance speech about how they've worried their way to success. And I think that's a problem. Mm. It's easy to go to fear. It's easy to go to all the worry about what could go wrong. And it actually takes some cojones and some courage to say, well, what if, what if this all worked out? What if this was even better than we thought? What if we actually just trusted the plan and proceeded as follows? You know, that's what takes freaking courage. That, and that's scary, but that's mm-hmm. business. We ha- you have to have that in business, you know? And that's the freaking yeah. funny thing is people get into business and they tell me exactly what to do and give me the guarantee. It's like, um, you mean you want a job? I'll hire you, <laughs> but you want, you want a step-by-step plan for your entire future of your life and your business and a guarantee it'll work out, go get a job. Cause that's the closest thing you're going to get. <laughs> um, but you you, you go into business. That's just not, that's just not what you get. You know, maybe buy a franchise or something, but yeah, yeah. you know, business, you're creating something you're putting out. It's an, ex- mm. it, you're a scientist. And a scientist doesn't go into the laboratory and say, I have a hypothesis, but I'm only going to give my hypothesis if I know it's absolutely correct before I run the experiment. And I need to know all my experiments are going to be correct. No, he or she tests, observes, doesn't get into all their crap and say, I'm the worst scientist ever. I give up. They say, oh, that that hypothesis was wrong. Let me try again. Let me try again. Let me try again until I get something. Anyways, I can chat about anything. Uh, for forever. Yeah, I, I know, mate. I've uh, 
and you I know, apologize. Being I go in your on programs. You've tried to go through uh, my programs. Yeah, you, you, I've you tried need to like go through them. <laughs> um, but I know you wanted to talk about some some hypnotic writing, and I'm I'm here for it. So, do you want to jump into that? Mm. Let's get uh, hypnotic. I had a question. I was just like, what do we? Oh, what were you talking please. about then? What was that? Well, I was talking, talking about? about failure. I was talking about um, the, my relationship part. with the future. Um, that was the last piece I was talking about. Um, mm. Failure, future, business, and people needing certainty. Failure, future, business. It's going to come. How do um, a common like, a common problem talking about the employee mindset, which is yeah, just to explain what the employee mindset is to. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard this before, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of basically a, a a type of mindset that we learn from school, from work, and it's like, well, how do we pass school? We've got to study, 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 pass a test mm-hmm. type thing. So we generally take that into trying to grow a business, and as opposed to taking action because we're worried so much about getting things wrong, we sit back and kind of learn, 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 mm-hmm. and wait for things to be perfect before we move, which is basically the the recipe for failure. Mm-hmm. You're not going to grow that way because like James was saying that uh, the way to grow is through just continual um, failure. You fail, yeah. you learn, you try again. You fail, you yeah. learn, you try again. How do we, because um, this is a big thing with coaches when they're starting yes. their business. They've got all these passionate people, want to help people. Um, mm-hmm. They go from, they're working a job, they go, okay, I'm going to start this business. They've got yeah. great intentions. They want to help all these people and build this vision, but that's what they've got. They've realized that it's not just about I do a video and then all these clients walk in. Um, they've realized that, shit, I'm just facing all this resistance. And maybe they've had their business for six months, a year, and uh, it hasn't grown to where they thought it had. Mm-hmm. And they are just realizing that this is just all constant challenges, challenge after challenge. How do you get, um, because that's one thing that I've kind of learned is that in the early days of me wanting to start a business, why, if you ask me, Luke, why do you want to start a business? And ultimately, yeah, you want to make money, but it's kind of like, I just want to make my life easy. Ultimate, it's like, I want to have all the money so I can do whatever I want and be relaxed and easy. Don't start a business. (laughs) Don't start a business. So then I've learned through what I'm doing now is that I've learned to fall in love because I'm just so excited about getting to the next stage. So for example, with this podcast, the last few months I've been getting much higher caliber of guests on Mm. and even though it's it's fucking scary, but like I'm so excited that I'm like, man, this is like all happening now just because I just, you know, face some fears and I'm like, where's my podcast going to be in another three months or where's my programs going to be in another six months? So I'm just, I have learned that because it's constantly challenges and challenges and shit going wrong and everything like that. But I've just constantly, I've just now learned to look forward to the next thing and I become hungry to get it. And easier, okay, that's that's happened with me. But like for the person I was referring to before, James, the coach mm-hmm. started their business. Yeah, They're a couple of years in or a year in or whatever it is. They realized that, hey, this isn't, isn't as easy as I thought it would. How do we switch from yeah. that employee mentality? That's to great. So, so there's a couple of things. First of all, you have to honor that. You have to honor that it ain't easy because, you know, like... There's things I've done, decisions I've made now because I have more money that it becomes like an easier decision and you just throw money at it. And then I go, oh man, did I really want to sign up for that? Like, did I really want to do that? <laughs> like, just like doing something on my house, for example, like big project or a remodel. And it's like, sure, sure, yeah, whatever. And then you're like, 
<laughs> wow, it was such an easy yes, but I didn't even think, do I really want that? And mm. when you're on this path of starting the business and it starts to get really hard, part of that is an opportunity for you to say, is this what you really want? Is this what, it, how badly do you want it? And I watch, I've been doing this for so long, Luke, that I watch the people that are like, I want, I, I want to start. And then they, they drop at the first sign of failure, just kind of like what you were just describing in your early, um, you know, youthful days mm -hmm. of, of starting businesses. It was like, it's hard, boom, I'm out. And yeah. for those that continue doing it, it's so beautiful because it forces you to change the target and the, the, the fuel. If it's just driven, as you kind of alluded to, to like, why well, I, I want to start a business so I can make more money, you probably will fail. And it, that can only take you so far. Um, and this is, I just see this happening with so many people. But what I've said for years, and I've heard other people say it, is if, you, if you're trying to start a business and the reason you want to start a business is because you want to start a business, you will fail. If it's because I want to make more money, you probably will fail. But if you start a business because there's a problem you are committed to solving or a difference that you're trying to make or a message that you know needs to go out, you will inevitably succeed. And so we have these moments in our entrepreneurial career path where we really have these like come to Jesus moments where we start to say, is this, this is getting so hard. <sighs> is this really what I want to do? And gosh, darn it. You should be asking those questions because it's your life. Your life ain't long. And if, if you're just going about your life, spending 80% of it or more doing things that you don't actually want to do, what do you think is going to happen? Because once, you know, once you ignore the uh, emotional signs of unhappiness, then it leads to physical ailments, you know, and that's where people get a real mm -hmm. freaking wake up call. So you should be, you should be reevaluating your life. Is this really what I want to do? And then it's, so why, if the answer starts to say yes, and it's a big enough yes, it's, well, so why do I really want to do this? And that gets us to dig deep to a deeper purpose. And I, I, I get it today. Everyone talks about purpose and it kind of becomes this like cliche, stupid, like hallmark sentiment. But when each of us have our own lived experience of like digging deep and really unearthing a bigger purpose, then I just would really love to like drink more, you know, pina coladas on the beach, live the laptop lifestyle. Uh, you are unfrickin' stoppable. When you uncover that, that is your rocket fuel. And I'm, I'm living proof of that because I have a CFO a consultant. He is retired. He was the CFO of freecreditreport.com. They took it to like a gajillion dollars and sold it. Some, they sold it for just some quadrillion amount. Of, I mean, just crazy, right? But he was with the company like in early startup days. So now for fun, he, he consults small businesses. Um, and so he consulted mine. He still consults with us. He's our CFO consultant. And in one year, I took the business from 2 million to 10 million. And he said, I've never seen a company do this. I've never seen a small business do anything like this. We didn't get VC or 
you know, anything like that. And uh, he asked me, like, well, I got to know, like, dude, what did you do? And I was like, well, I mean, I'll tell you, and I've been telling other people because people always want to know when you're making more money, what was your secret, you know, because the gurus lock the secrets away in a vault. I'm like, you're not going <laughs> to like the answer. <laughs> you're just, you're not going to be, this, the answer is so unsatisfied to the, unsatisfying to the untrained ear. Um, but he, he really wanted to know. So I said, um, I said, well, we, um, we faced some hardships where, um, uh, we almost like went under, um, and I was like really scared and I had to dig deep and really ask myself, why am I doing what I do? And when I looked hard enough, I, I found there underneath everything was a, was a much stronger, um, deeper purpose. We had someone trying to extort us. It was this whole loss. I think it was like nasty. AF and, and it was really scary because I thought mm -hmm. like, this is going to, this is going to take the company down and all this type of stuff. And, and I couldn't sleep. I like, I just had sleepless night, sleepless night. And I'm crying there, like with my wife at the time. And just like, I don't know what to do. When like, was this roughly? Oh gosh. Like 2017, 2017. Yep. And, um, I mean, I'm like, this is the end. And I'd done enough of all this like weird personal development stuff that I said, you know what? I got really curious. Why am I so afraid? Like I was just, I felt like I was in a panic attack all day long. And just like, uh, like raised heartbeat, like just like, just like shortness of breath, like just couldn't focus on people would be talking to me and it just like, what, what, what? And I'm like, huh, what did you say something? You know, I was just so in my mm -hmm. head. So yeah. I finally just started looking at it. I was like, why am I so afraid? Like, what, what is the matter with me? Like, why am I so hooked by this? Why am I feeding this? And I said, what am I really afraid of? And I was like, we just bought a new home, dream home purchased. Well, I would lose the home. That would suck, okay? You know, the, the things that the, the money allows for you in your life, the, the, what I do, like, I, you know, would that be gone? It's all these things gone. People for relationship would all just be gone. And it was like, Oh my gosh, I've chunked up this whole, my whole life would be over kind of deal. Mm. And then I said, well, you know, I could start other businesses. I've been given opportunities to start other businesses, uh, Amazon businesses, e-commerce businesses. You know, I've designed physical products and, and software companies. I've been like, I almost bought a software company at one point in time. And I always said no to those. And I stopped for a moment. And I said, why, why did I say, why did I say no to all these other things? And why did I keep doing what I do today? Which is a, you know, what we could bracket as a business coach. And it was like, well, cause I love it. And I said, Oh my gosh. Now this was from, this is going to sound too simple for people. So I said, like, no one's going <laughs> to, no one's going to put value on this, but everyone's ears perk up when you say I went. To Everyone's the got the notepad just yeah. waiting, mate, with the pen just hanging there. Like how did you go to from <laughs> two to 10 million a year? But I realized why I do what I do and why I still do what I do and why I can do it for 15 years is because I don't do it for the money. I, I, I love, I love coaching. I love helping people. I love assisting in any way I can to, to make a difference in someone's life. And I said, wait a second. And I had the most, Luke, it was the most stupid, simple breakthrough epiphany of my entire life. I said, so the thing that I love the most, the thing that matters to me the most, the thing that is quite almost literally oxygen for me 
is the one thing that could never be taken away from me. You could put me behind bars and I'm going to coach my cellmate. And I said, so why am I so afraid of things being taken away from me when those aren't the reason I'm doing this in the first place? And that's what I mean Mm. about when you have those moments, which we all will inevitably face, they're not the moments to turn away or to run and hide or to retreat or go into your cave. They're the moments that are presenting themselves to you for you to look at. And when I got that, it was, I was, I was unleashed on a level that I had never experienced in my life because I realized how much fear was still holding me back. So to kind of put a cap on that, it was about, a, uh, I work, I work with a, a, a shaman out, out in Sedona. This is a spiritual path that I've been on for several years and something that's really assisted in all areas of my life. And, um, he said something to me about a year ago, I'm going to try my best to, to remember it, but he said, you know, the goal in our life is to be free. And that's what a lot of, especially entrepreneurs crave is freedom, right? But mm-hmm. free within ourselves. Okay. That's the goal. And boy, when we're, when we're free within ourselves, that, that is, that, that is what I experienced those years ago when I took, boom, realized that went two to 10 million. And he said, so when you understand that, all the problems and the shit that comes up in your life, and especially in your business, are just there to show you, here's where you're still not free. And if those listening started to look at life's problems and predicaments that way, fucking game changer. The goal is to be free, but it's free within, not, you know, like, yes, financially free. Absolutely. Location freedom here for it. Love it. Great. Wonderful. But when a stranger (laughs) says something on the internet and you're hooked by it and it ruins your day, guess what? You can have all the money in the world, but you ain't free because a complete stranger just has total power over your emotional state and just ruined your day. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and you have a problem in the business. Problems are unavoidable and inevitable. I like to say your business will grow to the level of problems that you can handle. So you're getting squashed by something that's happening now, but you want to 10x your business. 10x your business might have 10x the money, but it's going to have bigger problems, problems with higher stakes because you got more employees, you got more customers, more leads more exposure. So it's just a bigger stakes game. It's the difference between us playing flag football on the weekend or playing in the Super Bowl. It's the same type of game, but the stakes are a heck of a lot bigger and the hits are a heck of a lot harder in the Super Bowl than they are when you're playing with your friends, right? And so Mm. when I started seeing it that way, that changed everything is the problems that occur in our life. But what, what, what's the default thing we do? Why is this happening to me? Why does this always happen? <laughs> well, here's the answer. Because you haven't learned it yet. Because you haven't learned the lesson. You haven't gotten it, kid. That's, that's like what I say to myself when I, when I get into my self-pity. Why is this happening to me? It's like I say back to myself, because you haven't figured this one out yet. And when you start mm. to see this is where I'm not free, this is where I'm still giving my power away, this is where I'm still hooked, this is where I'm still putting importance on something that isn't important like a level of freedom that anyone listening as a coach can have is how much importance are you still putting on people's opinions i know everyone likes to say i don't care what people think it's like do you or is that just what you want them to think is that you don't care what you think right but when Mm. you're truly free of that someone can say anything to you and it's nothing it means nothing 
because it has nothing mm. to do with you. But when you're there, not as a thought or a place, you know, uh, a virtue to get to, but you're, you're there now, that's a, that's a powerful level of freedom. And um, yeah. if you're operating in this industry and you're a coach, you think you can go around those lessons? You, you think you can go build a business and have a huge audience and have uh, people coming in um, and want to throw money at you, but you're still controlled by the opinions and the judgments and the criticisms by strangers? Ain't going to happen. No freaking way. So there's a lot of things that we have to learn on this path. And if you just took the bull by the horns and embraced those failures, those setbacks, those challenges, and said, like, this is, this is here to teach me, to strengthen me, to hone me, to catapult me. Instead of um, saying this is too hard, I give up. Um, I mean, you should if you don't, if your heart ain't in it. Definitely, like if your heart ain't. That's why I yeah. say like that question of do I really want to do this, um, is the is the question to say do I really want to put my heart in it. As soon as I put my heart in it, yeah. I was like I'm I'm here for all of it. So, um, I hope that makes mm, sense. And then those people that are free inside, they they have such a beautiful energy. And this is what I think happens is that the world just is attracted to them simply because they're a mm. unicorn. Like there's yeah. so few people. And when you come across someone like that and they're not insane, right? They're a sane person and they're just so in acceptance of who they are. You just want to be around them. And that is the easiest way to attract an audience. I mean, you're putting out content trying to attract an audience as opposed to, hey, I'm putting out <laughs> content to serve my audience yeah. and I'm just free with who I am. You watch it's- people just swarm to you. It's such a difference. People go, mm. how do I build a following? How do I build a following? I want to say, well, start by not asking that question. <laughs> it's how do I be a leader? Yeah. How, do I, how do I lead an industry? How do I change an industry? How do I change lives? How do I create content that's going to make a difference that no one's ever heard? And then people will follow. You know, it's the same kind of cosmic joke of the more you approach how do I get people to like me I want people to like me the more unlikable you are (laughs) people are attracted to people that don't care what they think about them isn't that funny the more you think I want you to like me I need you to like me the more needy and desperate you come off and that's an unattractive quality but we all say man you know what I love about that person she doesn't give an f about what anyone thinks about her he doesn't care what anyone thinks this guy doesn't that's amazing you know so it's a really Mm -hmm. you know industry in interesting like I don't know if it's a paradox, but it is kind of seems contradictory. And, and, and a lot of it does. That's why I said it's a lot of counterintuitiveness. Um, but I don't want to go too far down that path, but people, um, they focus on the effect and not the cause. How do I get a following? How do I get more people to follow me? How do I get more following? You have to, you have to ask, you have to focus on a different thing. How do I serve and how do I create better and make that my target, and the byproduct of that is people will follow. You look at the biggest names, like you look at, I don't know, just think of anyone that's like a really big name or, or influencer. I mean, like, you know, like the Jordan Peterson or, or a Gary Vee, just someone who's like, a, is like really big on social and has a lot of content. Mm-hmm. I don't know specifically about either of them, but I doubt they're really sitting there going like, okay, what's like the latest Instagram tactic I can do here to... <laughs> They're focused on their content. They're focused on their message. And they have a message that they need to get out, that, that has to get out. 
And um, don't get me wrong, I love the tactics, but the tactics without the, the message is just kind of blah, you know? And the, the, the message without the tactics can still hit people and reach people. But a bad message with full of great tactics doesn't really do much for anybody. So um, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm, you know what? Um, uh, after every quarter, I do a little um, a debrief, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I think I got a lot of the ideas from you. Um, and I look back, okay, how do we perform? What went well? What didn't go well? And then, okay, what are we focusing on in the next 90 days? And you know, without doubt, every single 90 days, things will change. I might be like, oh, well, next 90 days, um, okay, let's start a TikTok account. Let's, uh, let's spread out to Facebook. There's all those things that change, but every single quarter without doubt, okay, this next 90 days, what am I focusing on? It's exactly what you just spoke about, dropping the care, continually dropping the care. It's the continual focus is that deeper and deeper I go in, I'm just like dropping the care more and more and more. And then what happens? More and more people actually are drawn to you. So it's it's so true. My my YouTube days was every day I got up, I said, what do my people need to hear today? What do they need to hear from me? Mm. What, how can I help them? That was it. And then, and then I go surfing and I'd come home and I'd have an idea for the next topic. And I just kept doing that. And then you get comments and they're like, this is crazy. It's like, you, you, you're reading my mind. This is exactly what I needed, you know? Um, but I the love focus, your impersonations, yeah, mate. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this crazy. This crazy. Um, but that's, you know, like if I was just like, how do I become famous? How do I become, how do I get the most views? I, that's not, I, that's really weird, but that's never been my intention. I don't, I don't want that. I don't care about that. People don't believe that. Um, it's hard because I think a lot of people in what we do, do have like more like narcissistic tendencies and, and superiority complexes and a need for spotlight and attention. I actually, I actually don't like it. I actually tried starting this business by trying to find, um, a face and I was just going to be behind the scenes. I couldn't find anyone. I went through about four people before I realized like they don't have what it takes. And I was like, mm. am I going to just go on an endless search looking for someone to be kind of like the, the face? And I finally, as a reluctancy, uh, said, I'll do it. But I was trying, I was trying to find existing experts, um, for so long. And, um, and then I was like trying to manage people that just couldn't hack it. And I, and yeah. I was like, I finally went from behind the camera and I said, fine, I'll stand in front of the camera and do this myself. And, um, but it was like, how can I help? I know it's like overly simplistic and people don't, won't value it, but try doing that for, for a year straight and see what happens. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the, the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page.